0: Stand-up Nuggets Nation, Denver Sports presents the Mile High Hoops Podcast with Zach By. Denver Sports is your home for the most Nuggets content. Now, here's your host, Zach By. What is up and welcome to another edition of the Mile High Hoops Podcast. As always, I am your host, Zach By, And as always, I appreciate you spending a sliver of your busy day with me here on the podcast. Reacting to a couple wins over the Portland Trailblazers. But today um, we're going to talk just a couple, um, one big picture thing, and then a conversation ahead of the trade deadline, which is February 8th. And at the time of recording, it is Tuesday afternoon, February 6th. So we got like 48 hours or so, um, almost exactly, by the way, uh, as it'll come down about one o'clock in the afternoon, mountain time, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, we'll circle back to that conversation here in just a couple minutes. Very brief reaction to the back-to-back wins over the Portland Trailblazers. 120-108 to 108 on Friday night, 112-103 on Sunday night. Uh, one of these still getting used to the back-to-back in the same place against the same opponent. Uh, started doing that last year. It, it takes some getting used to. And it, it definitely is um, you know human nature stuff that that comes into play. Uh, with this kind of stuff because Portland's not a good basketball team. And then Sunday, they were depleted from an injury standpoint, a health standpoint, and uh, it's got to be hard to get up for a game like that. So we saw Portland actually uh, lead the way for most of that game until the final 10 seconds of the third a uh, quarter where Jokic's basket, uh, I think tied the game, tied it or take a lead. No, I think he t- t- I think it tied it. Um, but regardless, um, no no big picture takeaways. I mean, Jokic was insanely good on Friday night, um, and I don't have his numbers in front of me. I think it was 27, 22, and 12, if I'm not mistaken. We'll triple check, double check. Uh, yeah, yeah, 27, 22, and 12. Oh, my God. Like, that is an eye-popping triple-double, I don't want to ever get used to that. I don't want to ever, uh, you know. We've used this phrase. He's he's been uh, Jokic has been normalizing the miraculous, um, but still don't uh, don't let yourself get adjusted too much. Where that becomes ho hum, it's not. It's, it's, it's rare. Okay. Um, a 27, 22 and 12 game, uh, just absurd. He was a plus 20 when he was on the floor. Um, and then, you know, Sunday night was what it was just a, a slower start, kind of lethargic. And then kind of dad strength took over in the last, uh, 25% of that game where it's like, okay, son, I've, I've been keeping some in the reserve. Let, let me, let me flex my muscles a little bit and remind you, uh, who's boss. And that's what it was. And at the end of the day, uh, Nuggets have a thirty-five and sixteen uh, record, and with a few days off, which is why you know they don't play again until Thursday. I believe outside of the All Star break, that's going to be the largest in season break, organic break between games that you don't play on a, a Sunday. Uh, you play on a Sunday evening. Uh, and then get Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday off and don't t- play till Thursday. And then they'll get paid back for it as they're on back-to-back in Los Angeles and against Sacramento. We'll talk about Los Angeles more on Thursday as no games are going to be played before then. And uh, just have some bigger picture thoughts on uh, the Lakers. Uh, it's Kobe Bryant's statue unveiling. They're going to wear the Mamba jerseys. And I want to talk a little bit about uh, Kobe Bryant on uh, Thursday. But uh, we'll, we'll table that uh, for, for, for the time being. Um, what happened since the last time that we came in here and recorded the Mile High podcast, podcast uh, from a big-picture standpoint, Joel Embiid has a torn meniscus. He's going to be out at least a month. He only had a couple games to spare. He's completely out of the MVP race. you know. And I thought it was noteworthy to come back and circle back to this because we have been talking about this matchup between Embiid and Jokic for literally years now. And we've highlighted it. We've talked about it on this podcast for, like I said, season after season. This was going to be the fourth year in a row where uh, two players have finished one and two in MVP voting. Jokic winning uh, two uh, two years ago, then three years ago, um, finishing first with Embiid right behind him. Then last year, Embiid wins the award with Jokic right behind him. And then this year, it, this was trending to be like a coin flip down the stretch of the season. And the odds started to shift. We talked about that last week when Embiid missed some time. And now he's completely taken off the board um, as it's going to be impossible for him to win the award with the new uh, 65-game minimum requirement to win an award or be on an All-NBA team. And, you know, I I wanted to say this. I wish it didn't come this way. Now, at the end of the day, I, I'm, I'm good with Jokic winning the award, however it happens, but I did want to see Jokic kind of quote unquote pin him in the middle of the ring. No interference, no foul play. And I, cause I, cause I know the sentence is coming. So prepare yourself. Well, well, Jokic won that third MVP when Embiid got hurt. Like you're going to hear that. Um, and that's, that's not the way that I wanted uh, it for Jokic. Cause I think Jokic was going to win the award anyway. I genuinely believe that. Um, But be that as it may, uh, by hook or by crook, you know, in in 25 years, when you're just looking at resumes, the way that we're about to do here in a second with some other great players of all time, um, we're not going to be putting, um, you know, asterisks next to Jokic's uh, third MVP. Uh, Knock on wood, should he go on and and finish it? And at this point, unless it's the most absurd scoring spree uh, from SGA, which could happen, I mean, and he could be hunting for it, you know, to be in the mix. And good for him if he is. I mean, I wouldn't blame him. It's a young, fantastic scorer. Um, but it would it right now, from the way that I see it, it would almost have to take injury for Jokic to be um usurped in the MVP conversation, especially if he keeps putting up numbers like he did on Friday night. Uh and then the wins coming along with it, right? Wins wins coming along with it, obviously. Massively important. Um Jokic, you know, we did this, we did this segment a year ago, where we're about to go right now, because I remember, um, and I tweeted about it, we did full dedicated episodes, we talked about it on the radio show, that last year at this time, I was forecasting the Nuggets to win the championship and Jokic to win the MVP, the finals MVP. And I got to thinking like, okay, he's already got two MVPs, How many players in NBA history have two regular season MVPs, a championship, plus a finals MVP? And the list is not long. It's like 11 people long, and it's some of the greatest players in the game. All right. And I remember tweeting at the night of the finals and having that tweet saved in my drafts and like, oh my gosh, look at this elite list that Jokic is about to be part of. Now here we sit a a, a year later from around the time we were having that conversation. And there's new history to be had for Nikola Jokic. Bear with me here, okay? Same conversation, but with new evidence and a new forecast. The new evidence is he did go on to win the finals MVP. They did win the championship. He was, uh, I think, the 12th player in NBA history to uh, win multiple MVPs plus a championship plus a finals MVP. Now the new question is, if Jokic goes on to do, over the next four to five months, what I think he is going to do, which is win another regular season MVP. And if the Nuggets win the NBA championship and he gets finals MVP, which would almost feel obligatory if they made it that far. These are real forecasts. Okay. Now think of it like almost the 10-day forecast. You pull up your 10-day forecast, right? What's going to be the most accurate the next day, right? That's the most evidence you have. This isn't quite the next day because – someone could say, hey, big leap in assumption that the Nuggets are going to be in the NBA championship and win it. I get that. But it's also not like the 10th day of the 10-day forecast. You understand what I'm saying? It's like what I'm forecasting is Jokic wins the, uh, the regular season MVP. Guys, he's favored to do that overwhelmingly today. Okay? Overwhelmingly. All right? The Nuggets are among the two most favored to win the NBA championship, and they're the most current champion. So I think it's reasonable to... To, to, to pull up that 10-day forecast in the NBA and say, okay, the, 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 the regular season MVP, that's, like, the weather two days from now. And the Nuggets winning the championship and Jokic being MVP, it's not, like, 10 days from now, but it's, like, seven or eight where it starts getting to be reasonable to, like, maybe make some plans on that day of, like, okay, it's going to be nice enough. Like, a, in seven days, like, in general, there's no big weather behind it. You know, you get it. So – Here's the exercise, and I went back and did the research. I'm going to share it with you now. If Jokic does what I expect him to do over the next four to five months, the basketball world better get ready for some uncomfortable conversations. Just take that in for a second, because you know how the last couple years have gone. People don't want to give Jokic his flowers. They do not want to crown him. I'm listening to conversations this past week. This week on ESPN, the personalities would like to have Joel Embiid over Nikola Jokic. This is still the times that we're living in. Might become more clear this spring if they go on to do what I think they're going to do, and he goes on to what I think he's going to do. Let me get specific. Players in NBA history. All right, let's go over the MVPs first. If Jokic goes on to win his third MVP... How many players in uh, NBA history do you think have three MVPs? Here's the list. Bill Russell, Wilt Chamberlain, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Carl Malone, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, Michael Jordan, LeBron James. I don't even need all 10 of my fingers. The list is eight. Okay, if Jokic just goes and wins the MVP in the regular season, he'd be the ninth player in NBA history to win three. He, that's already absurdly elite company. How many players, if the Nuggets go on and win the championship and Jokic becomes MVP, how many players in NBA history have two finals MVPs? Not just one, but two. Jordan, LeBron, Magic, Shaq, Duncan, Willis-Reed, Kobe Bryant, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Larry Bird, Hakeem Olajuwon, Kawhi Leonard, Kevin Durant. The list is 12. That's two finals MVPs, okay? 12 people ever have done that. But now here's where we get the sifter. You know the sifter, right? You go into the creek, looking for gold, scoop up a bunch of, you know, rocks, water. You shake it out, get like, you know, the smaller stuff like falls through. Only the big stuff stays, sifter. The sifter in this case is how many players in NBA history have three MVPs plus two finals MVPs? How long do you think that list is? So, like, for example, um, Kobe Bryant is ineligible for this. He only has one regular season MVP. Um, Tim Duncan is ineligible for this list because he's got two finals MVPs, but he doesn't have three regular season MVPs. All right. The number of players in NBA history with three MVPs and two finals MVPs, what I expect to happen by the time this summer hits, Jokic to have, here's the list. Three MVPs, two finals MVPs. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, Michael Jordan, LeBron James, that's the list, ever, all time, all time. It's going to put Jokic at the big boy table. And when we start talking about who the 10 greatest players of all time are, if Jokic has that on his resume, in addition to the longstanding nature of his career, in addition to like the year he didn't win the MVP, he finished runner-up, In addition to the the all-time triple-doubles list, Jokic is going to be in the conversation. After this year, if he goes on and does what I expect him to do and he goes on to do what I expect him to do, that is going to be hilarious to watch some people squirm in their seat having this conversation. I'm here to tell you it's coming. It's coming. And at that point, Jokic won't even be 30 yet. Let's chew on that for a bit. Okay, before we go, trade deadline coming up. I hear Michael Porter Jr.'s name, throw it in. I'm listening to this radio station guy saying, I'd be open to trading Michael Porter Jr. It's been a rough month for Michael Porter Jr. Make no mistake about it, all right? I don't know if it's a shooting slump or he has generally regressed as a player. It is getting frustrating playing devil's advocate for this guy on almost day-to-day basis on my radio show. He's not anywhere close to where he needs to be as a player. That's just the facts. He is on a max contract. And this is why Michael Porter Jr. is not going to get traded. So whatever, if you have Michael Porter Jr. on the, get it out of your head. They're not going to trade Michael Porter Jr. Why? Because they can't. He is on a $200 million contract, guys. He averages under 16 points a game. Now, if you're Aaron Gordon and you average 16 points a game, that's fantastic. This is a max player, and the hallmark of his game is scoring. It's supposed to be, shooting it, right? Shoots the piss out of the basketball. You know where he ranks in scoring right now, Michael Porter Jr. in the NBA? Top 25, top 30, top 40, top 50? Michael Porter Jr. is not a top 50 scorer in the NBA. Michael Porter Jr. is not a top 60 scorer in the NBA. Michael Porter Jr. is the 70th. Scorer in the NBA. If you called a team and asked to trade Michael Porter Jr. for something good that you would want in return, they would hang up on you. That's where we're at. Not telling you he's doomed as a player. I'm telling you he's got a long way to go. And talking about him in a trade conversation is unrealistic at this point. And it's got even more unrealistic in the last month as his play has just continued to to take a step backward. He has got to figure this out. He is a Denver Nugget. He's going to be a Nugget for the foreseeable future. We could be one game away from an explosion. But it's been hard to watch him for almost a month now. I mean, you got to go back to the middle of last month to, to find a game where he shot 50% from three. All right, and we're not going to go through the game log again. Um, he is doing some other stuff, right? Is he, is he trying to be more active on the glass? You know, having an assist here or there, yeah, but we are lowering the bar for a max player, and that's just the truth. He's got to get better. He's got to figure it out, and he's got to do it in a hurry. Okay, um, we're going to leave it there for now. Um, we'll be back on Thursday looking ahead to the Los Angeles Lakers uh, game and um, previewing that and reacting to the trade deadline, uh, which will be right around the time we'll come in here and record right after the deadline has passed. And we'll have all the information we need, not only with Denver, but around the league should anything happen. All right, we're going to leave it there for now, guys. Thanks for spending a couple minutes with me. Whatever happens at the trade deadline, we're going to be talking about it right here on the Mile High Hoops podcast.